One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms get together once a year and record a pink wine podcast. Woohoo! I'm Deborah. And I'm Katie. And today we have a special guest host. Leah Wida. Yay! Back for the second time. <laughs> Repeat offender. <laughs> so I, Deborah, have three kids. Tony is nine and Libby and Nate are six. And I, Katie, have two kids. Jay is three and a half and Kenny is seven months. And I, Leah, have two dogs and two cats. <laughs> a menagerie. <laughs> Our kids and animals are pretty adorable, aren't they? They are pretty cute. So we like to start out our podcast with a little story about how adorable or occasionally awful our children are, just to get it out of the way before we get to the real stuff. So Deborah, what have your kids been up to this week? Well, we recently had parent-teacher conferences at their school, and earlier on this get-together weekend of ours, I was telling Katie about a flashback from a previous preschool conference for Nate. I don't think I've shared this before. Nate used to draw all the animal faces and all the people faces at preschool with like frowny eyebrows and a big sad mad frown on the face <laughs> and he used to sign the back of all of his preschool work Rob <laughs> <laughs> and his teachers would ask him every day if he felt angry <laughs> And so, no matter what, his conferences will always look better. Yeah. From here on out. That's a really great way to look at it. But Rob, on the other hand, is trouble. So, I feel like the saga of Jay's obsession with soundtrack music just keeps going. But lately, when we've been in the car listening to the soundtrack of Pirates of the Caribbean, like we do... Uh, he keeps asking why why music is piano, like why it gets soft. And I told oh, piano though. Yeah. So I told him that it was to make us pay attention and lean forward and be interested in what's going on. And so now when something gets really quiet in the car, he like tries to lean forward in his five point harness car seat, but it's really just him jutting his chin all the way out and he goes I'm leaning forward mommy wow your musical lessons are very good (laughs) Leah do you have any cute pet stories? It's not particularly cute but the most recent update that I've received from my husband who's home being a part time zookeeper while I'm gallivanting about with you guys was that he went into the living room when he got home from work yesterday and found an 8 inch long turd (laughs) so that's what he's getting up to (laughs) Yeah, I. (laughs) So you pretty much have kids. (laughs) Uh, So now that we've gotten that out of the way, we can get down to business. We do have an article for our screen time in the news segment. The big news this week, uh, not the week you are hearing this, but the week we are recording it, is that the Disney 20th Century Fox, 21st Century Fox, really? Uh, The Disney 21st Century Fox deal went through. So the article that we read is from NPR, and it's titled, Disney Officially Owns 21st Century Fox. 
we thought we'd take a second to talk it over, uh, see what we think this means for the future of children's content. Me, I think the most exciting part is that Anastasia is about to become a Disney princess. Who's Anastasia? Oh my gosh, Anastasia is a totally underrated animated movie. Leah, do you remember this movie? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so it's <laughs> Meg Ryan as the oh. voice of Anastasia Romanoff. Oh, like, like the, the massacre? Yeah. That's a kid's movie? <laughs> but funny. Oh. <laughs> no, she's like an orphan and she doesn't remember her family. And they so, were brutally murdered. <laughs> so the movie is about like her rediscovering who she is and meeting her grandmother. Hmm. Interesting. And there are charming songs. It's really sweet. You guys, get on top of this. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board. I am curious about what this means for the future of streaming because Disney has a streaming platform called Disney Plus that's supposed to come out next year. Mm-hmm. And now they own... I think the article said a 30% stake in Hulu. It's actually 60% now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So what are they going to, what's going to happen, you guys? I know. I'm a little worried about what's going to happen to Hulu because it seems like Disney is going to concentrate their resources on Disney Plus. So does that mean that like Hulu's not going to have good content anymore? I feel like there's already too many streaming platforms Mm. because there's what? Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu... Sling. Sling, which I've never We tried watched. that for sports purposes, and okay. it's it was not good speed. I don't know. It was infuriating. We quit. Okay. okay. YouTube, TV. Yeah. Uh, CBS All Access. Which makes me angry, because all I want to watch is Star Trek, and I'm not going to pay for one show. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Me with the good fight. It's the same thing. Not that I'm saying media consolidation is good, but I don't want to shell out, like, Six ninety five here and nine ninety nine there, and then we're up to like fifty dollars with all, a month with all yeah. of those streaming platforms. We may as well be paying for cable, right? So, do you think you will shell out for Disney Plus? I say I subscribe and share my password with you <laughs> <laughs> to make up for the passwords that I'm using for my brother and my <laughs> friend Monica. <laughs> Side note, we do not condone this practice. Um, I think I'll probably pay for it just for the kids' content. I mean, Mm. it's a jungle out there for kids' content. And Disney, I mean, if not the best, it's going to have the most. I will not be paying for it. (laughs) The pug doesn't care. Is that even to watch Anastasia? Nope. I'm going to watch that at your house. All right, shall we move on to our real topic? Yes, today we are reviewing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It was a 2018 Disney release from maybe Disney and Sony. The licensing is rather complicated. Um, Phil Lord, who wrote the Lego movie, was one of the writers, so it's got a great pedigree, and it won all the awards. You may have watched the Oscars and seen that it uh, won the Best Animated Feature, it won a Golden Globe, BAFTA, plus the Central Ohio Film Critics Association Award. Mm-hmm. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we picked it because, I mean, I suggested it because it won the Oscar, and then it just became rentable. And comic book movies are on constant rotation in our house, so we were going to watch it anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. No, okay, so for a big chunk of the beginning of the movie, I wasn't sure I was here for it. 
for it because I feel like I appreciated it, but I didn't like it. Okay. Like, it takes a lot from comic books, Mm -hmm. graphic novels, whatever you're supposed to call them now. And as much as I read about the form and how rich it is and how great it's getting, I just can't get behind graphic novels. I never like them, even the super prestige ones. So that hook as an animation style for the movie kind of left me cold. So I was watching it being like, oh, that's kind of neat. I see what they're doing there. But it didn't hit me in the heart. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the final battle scene. I guess I should describe the plot. It wasn't until the final battle scene that I really got on board. Um, How about you? I really liked it. I liked it right from the start. I thought the plot was clever. I thought it had a really like cool vibe throughout the movie. Um, I thought the soundtrack was wonderful. The dialogue was really believable, entertaining. What did you think, Leah? I liked it a lot. I was, I liked the visual style from the get-go, so yeah. the plot could have been just about anything, and <laughs> I would have been on board because I was enjoying looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, visually stunning. I watched it on, I rented the Blu-ray DVD from Redbox. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Blu-ray makes a difference, but I thought it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess I should just give a skeleton of the plot. So it's an origin story for the new Spider-Man, who is Miles Morales, who is also currently the Spider-Man in the comics, I believe. So what happens is our hero, Miles, gets bit by a radioactive spider, la-da-da-da-da, gets spidey powers. But then the big bad of the movie, who name is kingpin but throughout the whole movie i kept thinking of him as president business like in my head (laughs) so kingpin has this machine where it it like fires a ray and and alternate universes appear Mm -hmm. so think but at the beginning of the movie like the original spider-man peter parker has died right 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 right. that's a good a good point So uh, Kingpin fires this ray, and a bunch of alternate universe Spider-Men are released into Miles Morales's universes. Universes, universe. Uh, so it's a funny interaction between him and like an alternative Peter Parker who is a little bit schlubby and has a dad bod. And there's a Spider Girl and uh, like a '30s noir Spider-Man. An anime Spider-Man and uh, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. I can't believe I forgot Spider-Ham. I can't believe you forgot Spider-Ham either. <laughs> Maybe I was just saving him for last. Uh, so the crux of the plot is that these alternate universe Spider-Men cannot survive long-term in Miles Morales' universe. So they need to figure out how to send them back and stop Kingpin from firing the ray again and destroying all these universes. Mm-hmm. And along the way, Miles learns how to harness his Spider-Man powers. So was is this a spoiler-free zone, or are we spoiling things? Or what's the, how we does feel, this work? We spoil, <laughs> I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoil. So help me remember why Kingpin was opening up all of these dimensions, because I felt like there was something heartwarming going on about like his family. He and... was trying to go back in time to like save his family, okay. right? Well, that was the part that I couldn't remember. I mean, I watched it last weekend, and apparently I forgot everything between now and then. 
But I thought, I remember thinking like, oh, he's a bad guy with a heart of gold because he wants to go and like do X, Y, Z good thing, like make his family not think that he's a bad guy anymore or did something tragic happen to them and he was trying to go and save them. Mm-hmm. Like even though he was clearly the bad guy, there was some kernel of good in what he was doing that I thought was an interesting twist for a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember what the heck it was. Wasn't that, like, also the plot to Big Hero 6? Did I see that Disney movie? Yeah. It was also, like, the bad guy trying to bring back his lost family. Giving us a little hook in there. Yeah, but it was so selfish, because he was willing to destroy, like, six different universes. Mm -hmm. He was clearly the bad guy. Personal (laughs) game. But he had a tiny bit of, like, sympatheticness to him. Yeah. Right. So what sort of history do you guys have with Spider-Man? Like, do you call yourselves Spider Spidey fans? I think I'm like a casual fan of most superhero content. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll watch most of it once, and if I really like it, i.e. Thor Ragnarok, then I'll go back for more. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've seen one Spider-Man movie. Really? Not even the one with Kirsten Dunst. Wow, because I feel like those were so iconic to my teenagerhood like those first two at least Tobey Maguire Mm -hmm. Spider-Man movies because they were early days of the comic book movie Mm -hmm. boom and there was all this talk about how visually impressive they were with those scenes of him swinging from the rooftops so to me that is Spider-Man like Mm -hmm. I don't even think I saw the Andrew Garfield ones or if I did it was only like pieces Mm -hmm. I remember thinking Tobey Maguire was not going to be a good superhero because like the other movies that he had been in until that were like drama sort of emotional actor type things Mm -hmm. and then I was like yeah he's wearing (laughs) a suit and swinging through the sky but I thought he pulled it off Yeah. yeah the Andrew Garfield one was fine I think I like was Emma Stone in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked her better than him. Yeah. And everyone said, like, their chemistry was the reason to watch the movie. Because weren't they dating at the time? I think so. Yeah. So, this new Spider-Man, the major twist to me, in addition to the fact that he's not Peter Parker anymore, was that he still had a family. Because the whole, like, crux of the Spider-Man origin story is that Uncle Ben is killed and says with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. and then Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man essentially to atone for the sin of what he feels is his responsibility for his uncle's death. So what did you feel about the fact that Peter or that Miles Morales had two living parents? But he did lose his uncle. That's true. But not till after he was already Spider-Man. True. I liked it so that his dad is a cop and he yeah. Miles is out stickering like a young shepherd fairy <laughs> with the Andre <laughs> stickers. What? And his dad busts him for vandalism <laughs> and like drops him off at school and then uses like the intercom on the police car to be like, I love you, Miles. That part was cute. <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> and Miles keeps walking and he's like, You've got to say you love me back. <laughs> Which is just an adolescence nightmare. That was very cute. That was a very cute twist. There was also much more of an emphasis on racial and gender diversity in this version. Uh, which was nice because I feel like comic book movies kind of get a so many white guys feel to them. Absolutely. 
what did you guys think, speaking of the diversity, what did you think about the animation style? That was the thing that I really liked, is that they pulled in very different styles for all the different Spider-Men. Like... Spider folk, spider folk, spider creatures, spider people. No, not even people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spider beings. <laughs> um, so like Spider Ham was very consciously sort of Warner's brother esque with like the Porky Pig mm-hmm. uh, kind of sm- what is it, smush and stretch animation yeah, yeah. style. The noir one was all black and white and was very like kind of herky-jerky movements, like old animation. Right, and angular. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. That was cool. And, of course, anime. You had the very distinctive anime look. Um, I guess Spider-Girl and the other Peter Parker were kind of the same style as Miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the animation was. But I thought that they gave them... The the Spider-Man with the, like, 5 o'clock shadow guy was like his costume wasn't particularly cool it was or i mean it was like the traditional spider-man but i really liked the spider girl costume Mm -hmm. and then i liked when miles got to kind of design his own spider costume that was cool Mm -hmm. yeah that was cool and i also liked that for a period of time in the movie like schlubby peter parker was wearing like the top of the spider-man suit but just like sweatpants on the bottom (laughs) that's right i forgot about that part because that would totally be my superhero <laughs> uniform. <laughs> uh, what am I wearing right now? <laughs> okay, Spider-Girl next to me is wearing sweatpants. <laughs> <You're great. laughs> and that comic style, comic book style was throughout. Like they used the very rectangular and then the comic book font to like label things. And then at certain times they sped up the plot by using comic book panels mm-hmm. to show what was going to happen or what had already happened. I liked that a lot. Or yeah. during a couple of the action sequences, they would like freeze on a frame for maybe a second, like yeah. when he was leaping across the train tracks or something. Mm-hmm. I liked that look, too. Yeah. I also thought it was cool when they had him running through the city and going up buildings. You could see like the word, woo, was like running up the side of the uh-huh. building. That was... Uh, interesting visually Mm -hmm. again like I appreciated it more than I liked it until it got to that last scene where they are all fighting in the big reactor and there are all these universes colliding and all these different like buildings popping up and machines popping up and they're all in different styles and they're fighting and it was just this beautiful jumble yeah that 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 pushed it over the top for me I thought the animation of the bad guy that we and we find out ends up being his uncle, since we're just going hard on the spoilers here. <laughs> the way that they animated him, I thought was like menacing and scary and was really cool. Like when he was chasing him in that purple suit and was like moving his arms really robotically, it reminded me of the like in Terminator Two, the one that turns like into liquid metal, like when he runs really fast that motion. So like Tom Cruise? No, what? Doesn't, isn't Tom Cruise known for like his really funny running stuff? Oh, I, <laughs> I was like, that's not who was in Terminator 2, Katie. No, I know. <laughs> what did we think of the cast? Guys, this voice cast was bonkers with the famous people. It was <laughs> so many good people. Uh-huh. Uh, always a favorite of mine, John Mulaney. Agreed. Played Spider-Ham, the mm-hmm. pig. Uh... Jake Johnson? I don't remember. Yeah, 
He was one of the Peter Parkers. Yeah, he was the schlubby Peter the Parker. <laughs> Peter Parky? Yeah, the schlubby <laughs> Peter Parker. Um, let's see. Nicholas Cage was the noir Peter Parker. He was good. Catherine Hahn was Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. She, we haven't even talked about her. She was oh, awesome. I forgot to talk about how great she was. Yeah. yeah. I liked that Doc Ock was a lady, just yeah. like along the whole more diversity in the comic universe lines. Mm-hmm. I thought they animated her really well, too, with like kind of the crazy hair mm-hmm. and the way that she unfurled her octopus arms was like mad scientist cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lily Tomlin was Aunt May. Oh, really? May, yeah, she was that. too. Zoe Kravitz was MJ. Mahershala Ali, uh-huh. favorite. Uncle slash bad guy. Mm-hmm. Haley Steinfeld was uh, Spider-Gwen. Yeah, it was an all-star studded cast. Um, Liev Schreiber was the bad guy. Oh, he was? Kingpin. Yeah. yeah. Kingpin was, like, so weird looking. It was almost too much for me. Like, he was almost too comic booky in the way that he looked. He was very hulking. He was like a wall with a head, <laughs> head in the middle of it. Yeah. I found it hard to take him seriously as a bad guy. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of the Gorilla Man from the Umbrella Academy. Oh, the giant upper torso, hunched yeah, shoulder uh, situation. Yeah, head. Uh, any favorites from the cast? Like, do you have a favorite? John Mulaney and Mahershala Ali were my favorite voice actors. Mm-hmm. I feel bad that I didn't write down the name of the young man that played Miles, the lead character, but... He was great. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. I really liked the schlubby Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, with the uh, beer beer gut. Deborah, any thoughts on the music? I thought it was an awesome soundtrack. A lot of great hip-hop. Like, one of the first songs we hear is a Biggie tune. Um, there's a Kanye song at the end, like, when the beginning of the credits. Um, the score was very good. It was very industrial-sounding at times in the dangerous scenes, which was really fitting with the animation style. What did you guys think? I thought this is something Deborah will be able to speak to. I thought I like this, and that's about as deep as it got. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking quite a bit lately about comic book movies because we are in the middle of like the Marvel glut. Like uh, Captain Marvel just came out, and uh, Avengers Endgame is coming out very shortly. So how do we feel like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse stacked up against? the other comic book movies that we've been exposed to lately. I like comic book movies best when they're one story about one small group of characters or like one character's story. The ones where they're putting together a whole bunch of different characters and trying to like give them all equal time I find overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So in that way I liked Spider-Man a lot even though there were like five Spider-Men or spider critters. They were all on the same sort of level or they were all close enough even though they were all like nuanced different versions they were all just Mm -hmm. like this is what this character is like in dimension a dimension b dimension c and so i thought it did a good job of like delivering on what i like in the single character stories but then also having a little bit of variation with all of the the pig Mm -hmm. and the girls and the nicholas cage (laughs) yeah because it was definitely always Miles's story. For sure. Like, Miles with, like, a little bit, um, schlubby Spidey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though you had all these 
characters that was still recognizably one person's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because we don't see animated superhero movies all that often, do we? I was trying to think of another one recently. Not on that like scale of maybe publicity. Mm-hmm. Like I am not always drawn to animated films just because I, I don't know, I'm not. Um, but I can't think of another one in the last several years that was as popular or as talked about as this one was. Right. That it could have flown under my radar pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see why it won the Oscar. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I we saw a lot of the others that were up for... What else was up for it? Do you remember? Ralph Breaks the Internet? Oh, yeah. I think it's interesting that Disney slash Sony slash Marvel, however the licensing shakes out, that they decided they were able to sustain essentially multiple Spider-Man universes, for lack of a better term, uh, at the same time, because we have Into the Spider-Verse, this animated version, but then they're also still making standalone Spider-Man movies with, um, who's that charming child? Uh, Tom Holland, mm-hmm. the one from The Avengers. Which, if again, with the spoilers, uh, he got snapped. <laughs> yeah, but we already know oh, he's coming back. He, was he dead before the snap? No, he wasn't. Okay. Um, I blacked out for parts of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's interesting that they they felt like they could take this character in other directions. Um, that's the nice thing about comic books. They're always reinventing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there will be like a... Is it Haley Steinfeld was one of the... Spider Girl, like, what if she gets her own thing? Or what if Spider Ham gets his own 30 minute series? I'd I, watch that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spider Ham, yeah. I would definitely watch a Spider Gwen offshoot of this. Mm-hmm. Spider Ham really reminded me of, like, that sort of anarchic uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit world. Yeah. Like, very. I can see Spider Ham in Toontown very easily. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I just kind of included this at the tail end of our discussion, um, and maybe it's, well, maybe it's nothing and I'll just end up cutting this out, <laughs> but I was thinking about Spider-Man and in general, Disney animated movies for boys versus the behemoth that is all Disney princess movies for girls, and like why they don't have like a unified franchise on the boy side or why they haven't like put more effort into developing that or why the boy movies don't seem to hit as big that's a great question i don't and i should say that jay watches all the princess movies too like i'm not saying that Mm -hmm. only boys can watch these and only girls can watch these but it's pretty transparent that they're making the princess movies for girls and um and then they keep trying with like big hero six and uh the Ralph Breaks the Internet and Ralph Record Ralph, like those are all, they're trying to have a non-princess hit on the other side and I wonder if Spider-Man will be it. As a person who is not like thinking about shaping the brain of another human when I'm watching these things, I didn't think that Wreck-It Ralph was a boy movie. Good point, yeah, because it does take place in this very... It's just a movie. Yeah. And maybe that's what Spider-Man is like. Maybe it's less of a, this is a boy thing, and just, this is a movie. More of a secret life of pets, 
or a Despicable Me. Because I or think Toy those, Story. Yeah, those fall into the gender neutral category. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and like Pixar and the other non Disney subsidiaries of Disney have always been better at making non-gendered products. So yeah. maybe that's that influence. So Disney is the patriarchy. So were you guys able to compare this to any adult movies or shows? So I feel like the concept of the multiverse has kind of been everywhere lately. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that came to mind most recently was Russian Doll. Have you guys watched that on Netflix? Oh, yes. yes. Loved it. Uh, so just, you know, multiple worlds existing in the same space mm-hmm. uh, with with a much more serious tone, but a great show nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I think the five Spideys, why haven't we just been calling them Spideys? They don't need to be spider folk or spider creatures. <laughs> we're working too hard. <laughs> working too right. hard. So all the Spideys working together, I thought was a good, like, uh, Shoot, what was it? The Umbrella Academy, or like a like a crime fighting team, was was kind of a fun aspect that I think I've seen in a couple other shows recently. Even though I was just whining about how I didn't like <laughs> the Avengers because there's too many of them, <laughs> but I like the group working together to overcome the bad guy concept. Yeah, I thought about. Remember the United States of Terror? <gasps> yeah, Tony Collette. Yeah, I was thinking of that in that. All the different Spideys were like maybe part of Miles's subconscious, oh. like playing on his different strengths and weaknesses. Also, Back to the Future because of the zany like time space warp plot, and Peter Parker like alarmingly gets scrambled, and you can see that he's not long for this world. He's got to get back to his own universe. Uh huh. Just yeah. like the photos of the parents start disappearing and then it just really adds to the tension and back to the future uh that also reminded me i don't know if you guys watched the sadly short-lived television series timeless i did it was a time travel show in which they could not survive if they like crossed their own time stream in a sort of similar way to all the different spideys glitching um if you didn't see it, it was so cute. Oh my gosh. Like every episode was a new time travel adventure and the clothes, Deborah. Really? The oh. clothes. So good. <laughs> Aren't you glad time travel isn't really a thing? How do you yeah. know it's not? <laughs> I just saw some, I'm serious, man. There was some article last week that like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah science. Like if they were able to move <laughs> one second back on a computer, like the tiniest little bit of time travel happened. Oh, oh man. I know. I should have actually like remembered the details of the article and not just the headline of computer goes back in time one second. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I really hope they work it out before, you know, climate change ruins the globe so we can do a whole Terra Nova situation where we move back to dinosaur time. I think that's a bit far. Like, I'd maybe <laughs> rather just go to, like, the pre-industrial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no imagination. <laughs> so were you able to cast the gritty HBO re- reboot? This was hard because the voice cast was so solid. Like, you kind of just want that cast, right? You do, yeah. Have all those actors play whoever they were voicing. I don't remember who was the dad 
Miles' dad, but he had a good voice as well, and I just don't have a face to pull up with it, but I thought that he did a good job of, like, being booming sometimes and being funny sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I... Do you remember when the term dad bod became a thing? Yeah. (laughs) And there was one picture that they always used as, like, a celebrity example of a dad bod that everyone thought was still super hot. And it was John Hamm, like, on the beach in a bathing suit with, like, his little dad gut. So if anyone other than who is the existing cast were to play the part, I think that uh, John Hamm could be a good schlubby Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, he'd be excellent. Wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio also a dad bod? The the, uh, poster, dad pod poster boys? (laughs) Poster dads? Yeah, I don't think Leonardo could have done Spidey. He would be too serious. He's not really a funny guy. No, he's a he's a serious actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it better when we were kids? Well, like I said, I have really fond feelings, and I know we weren't that young, but for those original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, I mean, I just feel like I could see origin stories all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part of superhero lore that gets me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll pretty much happily watch any incarnation. I know I said I didn't watch the in-between super or the in-between Spider-Mans, but Spider-Man, <laughs> <laughs> the, Andrew Gar- the Andrew Garfield ones. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it was necessarily better or worse. I don't think it was better when we were kids. I thought the animation in this was just incredible. On the level of like Moana, where I thought Moana was just like amazing. Have you guys seen Kubo and the Two Strings? Love. I've tried to talk my kids into watching that so many times and they refuse. So it made me and my husband cry in the movie theater. So maybe it's good that your children don't want to watch it, but it's beautiful. Okay. Like, I would never watch it with Jay, but it is really good, and yeah, just gorgeous. So, I already watched this alone voluntarily for the podcast, which felt very indulgent, but I had to get it in before we went on this trip. Uh (laughs) Would you ever watch this alone again, voluntarily? I actively want to, because I don't know if you could tell from my haphazard plot summary, but I watched this in like six 15 minute, no, must have been six, but like lots of short bursts because I was trying to watch it with Jay mm-hmm. and he kept losing concentration or talking to me and I couldn't hear what was going on. So my experience of it was very fragmented. So I would love to go back and watch it all in a piece mm-hmm. and I would happily do that by myself. I accidentally own it because I clicked the wrong button on Amazon Prime. So yeah, I'll watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> I think it's still playing in some cheap theaters, Mm -hmm. and so I think I'm going to try to take my kids to see it in the theater, because I think it'll be awesome on the big screen. Yeah, that scene in the reactor (laughs) on the big screen will be awesome. So, speaking of kids, 10 seconds on whether it's good for kids or not? Like I said, the plot was too complicated for Jay's age. He's Mm -hmm. just a little too young. I mean, and the violence, but the violence ship has sailed for us because we've seen all the superhero movies. (laughs) What did you think? Um, Maybe verging on a little scary and the 
Miles, when he initially goes through the transformation, he thinks he's going through puberty. <laughs> and I am just not sure how much my kids know about how your body changes <laughs> at that point in your life. So I'm fine discussing it with them, but they it might blow right past them. Right. I'll let my dogs watch it. Yes. <laughs> they already did. They fell asleep. Okay, so side note, but you know how this new Avengers movie is coming out and we're all going to see it even though we're not super excited about it? Yep. What I really want, bringing it back to Roger Rabbit, <laughs> is like a Spider-Ham short film at the beginning of the Avengers movie. Ooh. So that would make uh, it so much more palatable to me. Oh my gosh, do you think they're ever going to bring back... They're not going to bring back Roger Rabbit after no, Pulse can't. Me Too. No, they can't. No. It's pretty harassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ratings? Five? Five stars. I feel like we've done maybe two five stars in a row. Yeah, crazy. We are too nice. Uh, <laughs> listeners, send us your suggestions for terrible shows we're going to hate. Leah, what would you rate it on a scale of zero to five stars? I'm somewhere in the four to 4.5 neighborhood. Wow. I thought it was solid. Yeah. Anything else, ladies? Time for pink wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check out our excellent new website at myscreentime2.com. You can also still find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can always tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at, at myscreentime2. You can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children, and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents, and a huge thank you to our guest host, Leo Guida. Yay! Yay. I'll be back again in two years. Yes. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.